in this strange time where we're all trying to stay away from each other, it's good to be together. Amen? Good to be together in, in, in his house and to worship him. And, and uh, more than ever, this is an old song that I've, I've, I've heard it for years and I'm, I'm trying to learn it. But uh, more than ever, I want us to realize that we're not citizens here. If you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, this is a God's good to us. But this is this is uh, our, our feet are 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 not rooted here. Uh, we're citizens of another country, and uh, this is a this is an old song that just simply says uh, uh, that this is not home. It's not home where men sell their souls and the taste of power is sweet. Where wrong is right and neighbors fight and the hungry are dying in the streets. Where kids are abused, where women are used and the weak are crushed by the strong. The nation's gone mad, and Jesus is sad, and I don't belong. I don't belong, but I'm going someday home to my own native land. I don't belong, but seems like I hear the sound of a welcome home band. I don't belong, I'm a foreigner here, singing a sojourner song, but I've always known that this place ain't home, and I don't belong, I don't belong, but while I'm here, I'll be living like I've nothing to lose. And while I breathe, I'll just believe the Lord is going to see me through. I'll not be deceived by the surf's make-believe, nor close my ears to her siren song. And I'm not ashamed to praise His name, and I don't belong. I don't belong, but I'm going someday home to my own native land. I don't belong, but seems like I hear the sound of a welcome home band. I don't belong, I'm foreigner here, singing a sojourner song. And I've always known that this place ain't home, and I don't belong. But I belong to a kingdom of peace where only love is the law, where children leave and captives are free, and God becomes a baby on a straw. Where dead men live and rich men give their kingdoms to buy back a song. Where sinners like me become royalty is where I belong. Yes, I belong and I'm going someday home to my own native land. Yes, I belong. And it seems like I hear the sound of a welcome home band. Yes, I belong, no foreigner there, singing a sojourner song. I've always known that I'm going home, 
where I belong. I've always known that I'm going home where I belong. I've said it uh, before here, and I'll, I'll say it again. To be real honest, the only place I feel at home in this side is in God's house with God's people. Amen. It is good to be in the presence of God's people, amen. amen. You know, somebody said, I haven't felt the, the Spirit in a long time. I hear that often. I hear often that, uh, that things are not like they used to be. I, I hear often that it just seems cold or, you know, that, that cloudy feeling that we all feel around this time. You know, I, I guess I've read somewhere that, that uh, the first of the year is always the most depressive time of the year. But, you know, I, I heard said, if you can't find the shepherd, go where the sheep is. And you'll find that the shepherd's not far off. Amen. And so we're here today. I'm here for no other reason but to glorify him and lift up the name of Jesus. And Jesus said, he said, if I be lifted up, he said, I'll draw all men unto me. Right. Amen. Amen. And so this morning, it is so good to be with you all. And I'm not, this is not home. Paul said at the best, he said, I suppose that the sufferings of this life are not worthy to be compared to that which is to come. And so let's lift up our heads in this day and be a demonstration and show a deep trust and, and be a, a demonstration of a deep trust in the Almighty God that's got it all under control. Amen. He's still on the throne. And I'm so glad that he is. You know, powers may change. Presidents change. But God will never change. Amen. And uh, I, I had a, we, I was at a, at a store the other day. And I was talking to these folks. And they, they knew I was uh, in the ministry. And, and it just seemed like the whole conversation went to how bad uh, churches and people and it seemed like that they had plenty to talk about with people in the church and plenty of churches that they haven't done things all right and they had a lot to say and uh, it just seemed like the conversation was just going so wrong and uh, I told them I said guys I said I hate to tell you this I said but there is churches that have problems I hate to tell you this but there's Christians that have problems. But I'll tell you this much, I've never found a problem with Jesus, amen? Not one problem with him. Amen, he's been faithful. Has he been faithful to you? Amen. Has he ever told you a lie? No. Has he ever, uh, I mean, has he ever disappointed you? No. I love him, don't you? We ought to worship him. Uh, I want to bring you greetings from Real Baptist Family Ministries. And uh, there's a lot to share uh, with you this morning uh, uh, that, that I could share. But I want to start off with just a, just a huge thank you. Uh, it's been a while since I've been here uh, and uh, been, able to, been able to come due to the COVID and different things. And it just, it just kind of made our schedules, everybody's schedule kind of, kind of, uh, 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 backwards, but uh, I want to say thank you for how that you've taken care and how you've supported us and helped us, uh, even in this time. Um, somebody, have, have, people have asked me, said, how are y'all doing? And, you know, at the time, I guess last March is when we the nation shut down and that sort of thing, and at that time, we had 217 people, and that's from babies to unwed mothers to 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 drug addicted and teenagers to uh, to to uh, from uh, children's uh, kids in the children's home foster care and also senior care. That's a lot of kids. That's a lot of people to take care of. And when I say taking care of, that's oftentimes it's when you're thinking that you're thinking shelter, clothes, food, that sort of thing. I don't know how many of you have babies. Uh, I, we we've got three babies and love them dearly. But it seems like I'm always buying diapers and 
and always buying uh, uh, food and that sort of thing. My groceries, I, just, I, just can't, I cannot keep groceries in the house. You know what I'm talking about? And so it takes a lot to raise children. Can you imagine 217? And during this time, we just kind of, you know, uh, I, I would be lying to say I was nervous to say what, what's going to happen. You know, the nation shut down. Our churches are not meeting. You know, our churches are struggling as well. What's, well how are we going to take care? Well, Brother Jim McComas, our director, and, and Brother Jim Robinette and, uh, and others, uh, in godly wisdom, they, they told us, they said, just we're just going to wait and trust the Lord. So contact our pastors, let them know that we're praying for them. But we don't feel, wouldn't feel like it was right to, to go to the churches as they are struggling as well. You understand that. And so we're just going to see what, let's trust Him. Let's see what the Lord uh, did. Well, long story short, I think the month of March and April and even May, I think we was, uh, I think in, in, in easy math, we was uh, down from the year before about $2,000. You know, and that's and you know that's that's a lot, but that's not a lot compared to what we've done. And you know, all I can say is that God is faithful. When He's faithful and provides, you need to praise Him, Amen. And we just praise Him and say, "Thank the Lord for how He has taken care of us, even through this time." The Lord just seems well. He is faithful, Amen. And He provides through His people, and He owns, by the way, the cattle of a thousand hills, and as one old preacher would say, the taters that are in those hills. He. He owns it all, and He has taken care of us through this time. And we just want to praise Him. Amen. And want just to extend a great thank you to our churches and to you all as you have helped us through. You have, you have uh, uh, through, a, through, I guess, a, a little over a year now, you have, you have uh, given us diapers, baby supplies. You have given us uh, 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 car seats and things like that. You all have uh, supported us faithfully. And all I can just say is just thank you and thank you and thank you. How, what's, what's a stronger word? I don't know. If I knew, I would try to say it. But I just want to say thank you for how that you have helped us. The news, uh, uh, some, some good news that has happened. Uh, right now, we are taking care of about 238 people. So the number has went up. Uh, we have also are just right at the brink of opening our maternity home our, our we have got the money and the uh, and and we've got it lined out with the contractors to complete the renovation of the building that they have given us for our maternity home just in case anybody here don't know what that is what we're doing I mentioned it last time I was here and it's been a slow process to get started but what it is it's an extension from our hope center where we minister to to unwed mothers and give them options other than abortion that the, that the nation and, 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 uh, and others try to push people toward. And, and so what, I think last year, somewhere about 82 babies that we've seen born to the mothers that we served, and we praise the Lord for, for that. Um, there are so many stories I'd like to share, but what this was birthed out of is that there was a mother about three or four years ago now that came to us, and she had already had two kids, uh, and that she's raising by herself, pregnant with the third child. And she was on her way to get an abortion, and somebody called her and said, uh, one of her friends said, I've got an appointment for you at Family Ministries at the, at the Hope Center. And, uh, and it's a long story, but she, she, she was on her way to get the abortion, came through to the Hope Center, showed her an ultrasound, and with tears in her eyes, she says, I know I can't do this. I know I can't abort my baby, but I can't take care of the two that I've got. How can I take care of a third one? And, and to be real honest, what that does, that lays it in our lap, church. It lays it in our lap. It, it, uh, it's cruel to preach against it and offer no hands to help. That's, that's, cruel. that's the definition of cruelty. And so what we are doing with this maternity home, in a nutshell... A mother can come and stay with her child. We provide child care as a mother goes on to finish school and often, more often than not cases, can go on to, uh, to school and or establish themselves in a job. We'll provide uh, food and care and a place for them to stay. They can stay till the child is even four years old. And, uh, and, and as they are staying there, we're giving them classes a lot like a home ec class. That, uh, that we don't teach much anymore. 
uh, we have generations, and I certainly don't want to take away the, the fact that we haven't raised men to be fathers, but we haven't raised mothers to be, um, women to be mothers either. And so, in often cases, uh, uh, we, have, we have mothers that come to us in crisis that don't know what to do. And so we are literally taking, uh, uh, just uh, showing them how to cook, how to clean, how to budget, and that sort of thing. Some neat things that we are doing there, like a, sort of like a, uh, as, as they are there and get established and, and get stale, settled through a program, we teach them how to budget for rent and that sort of thing. Easy math, you know, if you can, uh, I, don't, I don't know if you ever, uh, some of you pay rent, but $300 is probably a cheap rent, wouldn't you think? And uh, so they budget through, through what they make there uh, to go into an account for them. Let's say $300 a month. Well, can you imagine four years, $300 a month, what that would add up to as they leave and they get that money back if they go through the, the, go through the program and they're, they're faithful through that? That's a, that's a down payment on a house. You know what I mean? So literally getting them on their feet. But more than all that, and all that sounds great, but if we don't tell them the gospel, it don't mean anything. Amen? And so this is time that we are able to, to spend and be able to minister and disciple these young ladies. And, and, their brothers. And, and you know, what could happen, this tale will be told years from now. But the Lord, he is the great accountant. Amen? He sees all things. And he'll be the one doing that. So the thing that I want to tell you about this, and now... As that woman had came to us and laid it into our lap, I'm kind of going to lay it in yours a little bit, if you will allow me to. Um, DCS offered to, to help us in this, meaning that uh, juvenile women that, 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 that are uh, in crisis could come and stay and that sort of thing. But we have chosen, and though they help us, we, we work closely with them within our children's home and foster care and that sort of thing, and they help. And there's money there that helps us with that. But we've decided that we didn't want to do that with this. We are asking our churches to help, because meaning that, that if they were involved to, to this degree, they would choose who we could take. But we want this maternity home to be a ministry be our ministry, meaning that if you have a young lady or a lady that's in crisis in the Cookville area, Sparta, or that's, and we got availability, we want to be able to minister and be an extension from your church to help them. But in turn, and, and that sounds great, don't it? I mean, that sounds wonderful. But in turn, we need help doing this. And, and, and the, the long story short, we're trying to be good stewards, meaning that we don't want to take a mother into our facility and six months later say, hey, we don't have the funds to take care of, uh, uh, of you and have to do something different. So what we're asking and what we're trying to do, and this is partly where we want to be wise and we want to live by faith because that's, that's how I believe the Lord wants us to live, amen? Live by faith, trust Him. But we're praying and asking our churches to consider uh, helping us maybe with a gift. Uh, you can do things like a, uh, you can furnish a room. Uh, if you furnish the room, I think it's for a washer and dryer and, and a TV, uh, TV bed and those kind of things, the things that you need for an apartment. I think we budgeted around $5,000 would it take to make that. And some churches have decided to, to go that route and help us also. But we're trying to raise around $250,000 and we, uh, if you manage that right within about six or seven beds that's, that, that we have, five to seven beds that, that, we, can, that we can take care of a, of a mother and their family, that's not a lot. I mean, that's a, that's a lot. That's about what it would take to, to minister to them for a, a year. And we're trying to raise that before we open it and we're able to, to, to set that up. So I guess what I'm asking is uh, I, 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 this is what I do. I, I tell people I'm not a good fundraiser. Um, I, 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 I sold tractors one time and like to starve to death. I really did. I was, I was not a good salesman. But here's just what I believe. I believe when God's people know that there's a need and they ask the Lord, what do you want me to do? The Lord will lay on their heart what to do. Amen? I believe God's people will support his work. Amen? 
And so I seriously ask you to consider helping us with this. Uh, I think last year, I, I, well, I'll, take, I'll give you 2019's number. We're not far off even uh, probably more than that for 2020, but I just haven't got the numbers yet. But I think, but 2019, we had 52 people come to know Christ as Savior and Lord. And we thank the Lord for that. Amen. So there's a lot to share. I've got a lot of information. Uh, I didn't bring a lot of it with me. You know, I, I used to set up a table, but during this COVID, nobody, everybody's scared of me. I don't know why. Um, I had it, and I'm done with it, but I might get it again. I don't know. But, but um, So I've got newsletters in the back. If you would like uh, uh, to take one of them, uh, take several of them. I've got plenty. Uh, if you have questions of how that you can help, we are, we're looking for foster parents. Love to start something within this area. There's a lot uh, that I, can, I, I, I could cry for. Um, uh, we, we, we have many kids in Tennessee right now that need foster parents. I wish it could be a hallmark among our free will Baptist churches to, to say we'll, we'll, we'll do this and we can work as an extension under family ministries uh, to, through that. And there's a lot of ways that that can work and we have ideas and things like that that could help you and support you in this. If there is any interest, I can get, get you in touch and try to answer a few questions, get you in touch with people that would know. Uh, uh, but more than that, you know, if you're, if you're like a lot of us, you know, I, 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 I wish I could do more. We're right in the middle of building a house and living in a camper trailer. That's fun with three babies, I tell you. Uh, we're, we are having a ball. You know, it seems like there's not a lot that you, can, that you can do. If you feel like that, can I just ask you to do one thing? Could you pray? Would you rend the heavens for us? We fight battles, you know, I wish uh, I, I can, you know, I'm telling you some wonderful things that God is doing and he's doing them, but I, for me to tell you that everything's always peachy and rosy would be, a, be a, a lie. It's not. We fight battles that, that, that sometimes you can't imagine. And, and, it's, and it seems like when the ministry's strong, the battles get stronger. Uh, would you pray that the Lord keep his hand upon us? Would you pray that the Lord would just uh, just uh, protect us? I I, I talked to uh, to uh, Mallory White when she was working at the she's she's now working in some in the foster care, but she's working at the Hope Center. She's oftentimes the first people that they would see. And I asked her one day, I said, "How are you doing, Mallory?" And she said, "I'm so tired." She said, "I'm so attacked." She said, "Would you pray for me?" And we prayed there. Can I ask you to pray, pray for Mallory? Can I ask you to pray for Mary? Ask you to pray for Brother Jim McComas. Pray for these people. Because they're, they're right in there. We're in, in the midst of, of the work. Because we are desperate for God's hand in this, in this, in this time. Now, uh, Brother Seth, I, I don't mean to take up too much of your time. You know, I know the mind can only stand what the seat can stand. Um, but, uh, Brother... Uh, brother uh, Seth, he gave me this microphone, and I'm not used to, I, I like to stay behind the pulpit most of the time. And I said, well, you have enough power? And he said, I've got four hours on it. So I said, well, all right. So, no, I'm just joking. But I always say this, but would you give me 10 minutes? Would you raise your hand? Give me 10, 10 20, 30, 40, 50, 60. I'll try my best to hurry. But I want to read to you a passage out of the, out of the Word of God in the book of Revelation chapter 2. Book of Revelation, chapter 2. I may start reading in verse uh, 20 of chapter 1, if you will. I want us to read this, and then I will pray and ask the Lord to, to help us. It says, The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand, and the golden candlesticks, and the seven stars which the angels of the, of the seven churches, and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write these things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks I know 
thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say that they are apostles and are not and hast found them liars and hast bore and hast uh, 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 and has bore and has patience and for my name's sake has labored and not faded nevertheless I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love remember therefore from which thou art fallen and repent and do the first works or else I will come unto thee quickly and I'll remove thy candlestick out of his place, and accept, thou repent. But this thou hast, and that, uh, but uh, this thou hast, thou hast the uh, thou ha- that, I'm sorry, that that thou hatest the deeds of Nicolaitans, which I also hate. And he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches, to him. That overcometh, will I give to eat of the tree of life, and then which is in the midst of uh, the uh, midst of the paradise of God. Dear Lord, we come before you this morning, asking for your help. Lord, help me not preach a minute longer than I should. Lord, help me not say one word that would be confusing, or that would hinder your spirit. Lord, we are here, and Lord, I acknowledge that I need you this morning. I need you more today than I did yesterday. Lord, if you give us grace to have tomorrow, Lord, I'll need you then too. And Lord, I'm so thankful for your grace that's new every morning. Lord, you give me what I need, and Lord, you've been faithful, and I thank you, Father, for it. Lord, I thank you for your love for me, and Lord, how I've experienced it. And Lord, I feel like that, 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 that you, that, uh, just so your presence is close. Lord, and I know, Father, but that your word says that you love us all. And Lord, you created us with your hand. Notice in our, in our mother's womb. And Lord, we're in a, amongst of a congregation here of people that need you as much as I do. And Lord, I ask you, God, there'd be one here that does not know you as Savior. Lord, Help me not convince them with just tears or fear. But Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would touch them. That they would know that they were lost and that the the time is now. And the situation is desperate. That they come to know you as Savior and Lord before it's eternally too late. Lord, there's many here hurting this morning. Help them in their needs. But above all, I pray, God, that you get glory and honor out of everything that's said and done. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to start this morning by asking you a question. And you don't have to answer me out loud, but maybe if you want to, you can. But uh, how are you doing? Are you healthy? Uh, I mean, are 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 you washing your hands? A lot. Are you are you using? I mean, how many how many tubs of hand sanitizer do you use? Does everybody got a mask with them just in case you get too close? I got one in here somewhere, but do you got a mask? You, so you're doing what you need to do, right? Are you are you staying away from people? Are you kind of sitting away from each other? How are you doing? How do you feel this morning? You feel good? Got fever. I thought I thought the brother was going to stop me walking in. He said, "Stop, halt!" And I said, oh, "Okay." And he 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 checked my temperature, and I guess I was fine. Are you doing everything that you're supposed to do? Because it's pretty. I mean, this virus is kind of scary, and it there's no common denominator. Me and my family, we had it, and and uh, I travel to different churches. Uh, on Sundays, and but I'm still not around a whole lot, and I, I survey during the week, and, and I'm in the woods, and so I, I felt like that we is pretty safe. My wife and kids are uh, at home in a camper, and, 
and we're, as, as we're building, but you know, we got it. Done the best that we could do. You know, we, we got this thing. And it, it, thank God we were okay. I'm kind of, I, I can tell you some things that uh, happened to me, but I'm okay. I'm not, I'm, I'm fine. Got tired, but are you okay? Y'all doing okay? Y'all doing everything that you should do? It's a headache, ain't it? Now let me ask you this. I don't know if you've been looking or watching the news or seeing the things that are going on. I don't know how much anxiety that you carry today with the pestilences that are, are coming. They, they spread fear that there's more. I don't know how you feel about our economic situation. I don't know how you feel about the presidents. I don't know how you feel about the time that we're living in. But I'm going to ask you another question. How are you? Have you took care? You've obviously took care of your body. I mean, you obviously have your mask and your, and your hand sanitizer and stay in distance. But how's your soul this morning? How is your relationship with the Lord? You say, well, you know, you may say, short answer, it's easy to avoid the question. Oh, I'm fine, you know. But it's kind of like this. Uh, I, I got a good friend that uh, as a pastor, and he had a stroke about two years ago. And uh, he said that he was in the mail. Uh, he said he had it checking his mail, uh, his P.O. box. He said he's standing there, and he said he just stood there. He said he couldn't move. He said he felt like that his body just would not do what he wanted it to do. And then he said, somebody came to him and said, said, Brother Jim, are you okay? And he said to his horror, he said, my mouth said, I'm fine. I'm doing okay. How are you doing? And he said, my mind was screaming, no, I'm in trouble. Help me. He said, short answer. He said, and that person left. He said, he'd done that about three times until somebody figured out that something was wrong with him. Today, can I ask you this? How are you doing? Oh, I'm fine, Brother Jacob. I'm as faithful as I can to church. I can, I'm doing good. Let me ask you again, how are you doing? You know, John gives us here to the book of Ephesians, and you know, when I read the churches, you, you think they're talking to those specific churches, and they are. But you know, you're not left out of it because he says that he who has an ear let them hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. And he says here to the church of Ephesus. Now there's a few things that we can know about the church of uh, uh, Ephesus. is that it was a church that was started by Paul. Matter of fact, it's one of the only seven churches that he's talking to here that we have a letter from the Apostle Paul to the book of Ephesians, right? And and it's, it's a good book, ain't it? That's one of my favorite books in the Bible. It talks about the blessings that we have. And it's, it's almost like he's a free will Baptist preacher. He just runs on and on and on and talking about and the, how many times that the word love was, is mentioned in the book of Ephesians. And boy, it's a pretty exciting thing. They started out good, didn't they? Oh, it was, a, it, was a, it was a vibrant church. About this time when John was writing to the book of Ephesians through the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the church was about 40 years old. And that's a decent age for a church. You know, I got to thinking, I, I don't mean to harp on so many different things, but, you know, I don't know many churches. I went to one the other day that was 125 years old. That's pretty old. That's the oldest one that I know. Maybe maybe there's older ones. Maybe there's a few older ones around here. And that's maybe old to us, but what did they do 125 years? They had churches, didn't they? They had congregations. But where are they? You know, and you have to admit to the fact that it seems like that churches, no matter how long they seem like there's a lifespan of them. And it makes you scratch your head, don't it? Wonder, what's, what is this that Paul is saying and that John is saying to the book of Ephesians? You know, I don't know how long that Cookville's been here, but it's been here longer than 40 years, I know. Uh, but still, let's think about it for just a minute. We look back and we see how God done a great work. And would you say that God has done a great work here? 
Would you say that God has ministered? I, I was at my home church the other day, and there was just a few people there, and I had to go back and sit at the pew where I asked the Lord to save me, and I think, Lord, how privileged, how wonderful. You've done a great work here. You saved me. Save my soul. You and then think of have you how many of you possibly have been been ministered to and and saved at this church that God used the ministry of your church of of, of people here to to bring you to Him. Amen. I wrote a letter to a a friend of mine the other day that that I love to hear him sing and he sit there and he taught taught me how to play the guitar taught me how to play songs and I sit there and I thought this man has poured into my life and taught me. To, to look to Him and love the Lord. Amen. Thank the Lord for our churches. Amen. But He says here, I see your work. And now I can get into all this, but He says, I've seen that you have labored. I see how hard you have, you have tried. I've seen that you have had patience, even uh, uh, that you've endured hardships, that you have had patience and you have remained the same. There's been something there that has held you together. He says, he says you uh, have not let those that are, have been evil-minded or that have been deceitful that would cause harm to others and their faith to come in. He says that he says you have found them to be liars. You've exposed them. You have, you have remained and kept your integrity. He says here uh, uh, that never, uh, and says uh, you have bore with patience. You have labored and you have not faded. He says, but nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. Have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. Can I say this? Can I ask you this question again? How are you doing? Say, so Jacob, that's to the Ephesians, is to know, is to them that have an ear. Let them hear. I've been accused in, in my ministry to say, why are you working so hard? I, I had somebody tell me, said, do you think you love the ministry more than you love God? And I had to really sit there and think about that for just a minute. And my conclusion to me was this, I said, and I was praying, I said, Lord, I don't know how to tell you I love you any more than to work for you to do. I feel like, I, I feel like it's, a, it's a demonstration because I, I love him. But can I say this, that if you don't love him like you ought to, your religion can be nothing more than just enough religion to make you miserable. If you're working today, no matter how noble the cause may be, no matter how wonderful that it may seem that what we're doing and how good that it looks and how much praiseworthy it is, it's like when Paul said, if a man hath not charity, it becomes as a sounding brass and a tingling cymbal. And he says, I see that you're working. I see your labor. I see that you're tired. I see all that you've done. He said, but I have something against thee. Thou hast left thy first love. Is that a danger, church? You know, it's hard to admit that we can be deceived. It is. It's hard to admit that we're wrong. I'm convinced that, it's, uh, that the reason that more people don't get saved and give their heart to the Lord than, than they do because they have to humble themselves and realize and say that I have sinned. I realize that's the problem. And, we, and you know, and, and I understand it to a degree. You can go extreme and use a Bible to beat everybody down with and just use it as a, as a weapon. But the Bible says it's a sharp sword. Piercing, dividing asunder, soul and spirit, joint and mire. And Lord, help if I water down the word of God to keep from hurting your feelings today. If anybody is going to heaven, it's going to be through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. If anybody is going to heaven today, 
It's going to be because they have repented of their sin. Amen. And I believe when you meet him, and as he has saved your soul, you live a life of repentance. Amen. Can I say, you may not know what it means is to turn around. Can I tell you this? We've taken great care to keep from getting a virus. But some of us take very little care of the things that can totally deceive us. That can take us off track. You know, we're living in a, in a, in a time where we thought, and I, 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 can I just preach it? Can I just preach okay? I, I, I don't mean to hurt nobody's feelings. And I voted for, for the man too. But we sure couldn't. I think it's a farce to think that a president could save our nation. If you're trusting in him, you're disappointed. And you'll be disappointed. If you're trusting in leaderships, if you're trusting in this world and the economic state, you're going to be disappointed. You're going to be deceived. But listen, like I said, there's been nothing wrong with Jesus. He's provided a way when there is no way. Amen. And as dark as these days seem to look, can I ask you, how's your soul? Are you taking care? What does it mean to be first in love? Well, I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. You're going to, you're going to be, you know, this may make you laugh, this may not. But when me and Emily first started dating, I skipped association meeting to go on a date with my, with my girlfriend. Y'all are dry. I'm, I hope that y'all are. Can you smile at me, please? No, I, I'm telling you that I was silly. I, I, I wanted to be, I, I had an opportunity to go to the, the Liberty Association and uh, or go to, I went on a date with my wife because I loved her. Well, she, well, she was my girlfriend. I wanted to get to know her. I had, I, we, you know what, like when you first dating, you're, 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 listen, I spent so much money. Uh, she had a birthday the other day, and I, I thought, it's, I don't guess I bought it. And one reason that made me fall in love with her, she loves pickled okra. And, uh, and I, uh, I, bought, uh, I bought her a box of chocolates, and she thought that was nice. And then she went to the refrigerator and ate pickled okra. And so I bought her pickled okra now. But, you know, anyhow, I was just silly. I fell, fell in love with my wife. Does that make sense? And I uh, bought her flowers and did all these things and I loved her and it didn't have to make sense I didn't have to have money in a bank account then to buy flowers because I loved her does that make you know what I mean we've been married now 10 years and to be honest I, I, I love her still I love her and I love her and I love her maybe you guys ain't like this but in order for us to have a healthy relationship, I got to make it a point to continue to love my wife. Does that make sense? I need to remind myself, hey, I haven't bought her flowers in a while. Let me go get her some flowers. I haven't bought her chocolates in a while. Let me go get her some chocolates. No, she's been working hard. I need to love my wife and give her, uh, watch her the kids. Give her, I need to be intentional. Now, I'll say that illustration to tell you this. In your relationship with the Lord this morning, if you're in neutral, you can't roll uphill. All you want to do is roll down. If it's just going long and you're just as fine, short answer, I'm okay, Jacob. If you're not intentional, serving the Lord and loving Him. Say, so how do I do that? How do I make my body do that which I because I, I, my love's not there but I want you know as, as interesting I got a verse on my phone this morning that said establish the work of your hand I mean do, do the work and your thoughts will be established amen today this morning with the COVID that's going around and we're scared with the economics and whatever the condition the country and the economy's in that brings anxiety to you let me ask you, how are you doing? Do you love the Lord? 
if you don't this morning. I'm not even going to ask you this. Don't even ask yourself how you're doing. Ask the Lord how you're doing. And give him the opportunity to put his loving, disciplined, yet gentle finger on that spot in your heart that's not right. Say, I can do it later. It's late today. Y'all getting ready to go to lunch, I understand. Say, I'm in a hurry. I can put this off. I, I, I'll think about it. I'll go home and I'll figure this out. I'm, you know, that's good, Brother Jacob. You made me think of something. I'll go home and think about it. Remember thence from which thou hast fallen and repent and do the first works or else I will come quickly and remove the candlestick out of its place except thou repent he says the word quickly he says today is the day of salvation I wish today, and maybe I don't get a glimpse of it. Maybe, maybe I, I, I don't think I'm hardly as, uh, as urgent as I need to be because I believe if you read the scriptures and see the things that happened, the Lord's more likely to come back even now than he is to not. As we have learned yesterday, death is no respecter of age or persons. You have no promise of tomorrow. There's those that... that I, can I tell you about a story about COVID? Something to maybe scare you just a little bit? That uh, the place where I caught it, I caught it at my father and mother-in-law's church and preached for him that morning, and there was a gentleman came in. If you're sick, don't come. But he is kind of ornery, and he said, I'll come anyhow. Well, he got us all sick, the whole church. And, and uh, there was a man there that he said, we was checking on each other, and there's an older gentleman. He said, I'm fine. He said, I feel good. I don't feel like I'm sick, but he had the COVID. He went to bed that night, and his wife woke up. He was dead from a blood clot in his lung where they said the COVID had got him. He said, I feel fine. Woke, went to sleep. Woke, didn't, never woke up. How are you doing today? And this time, how are you doing? How's your heart with the Lord? How urgent is it? He says, repent now. Because I'll come as a thief in the night. When you don't even know it. When you're not expecting it. You may say I'll think about it when I get home. If God gives you the grace to get home. Don't wait. If the Lord's speaking to your heart now. And the Lord's let you know that you're lost. If the Lord has let you know there's something not right. Don't hesitate. Any longer. Come now. For he can come. Quickly. Amen. Time just goes on. We think we're okay. I mean, our heart's beating pretty good. Feel like we're fine. Got that roast in the oven. Everything's okay. I'm going to rib seating here in just a minute. I mean, we just so we got so much on our minds that's just not about him, don't we? And so all of a sudden, they just stop. How are you doing today? Can you stand before him? The right heart. There's a lot more in this passage, but for the sake of time, I want to jump to the last part. You know, he says, that's something that thou hast. He says, you've hated the work of the Nicolaitans. The Nicolaitans were a people that, that uh, they was actually came from a, uh, one of the seven deacons, and it was a sector that started their own religion saying, that this is all, uh, you've got to do this, that, and the other, and keeping them in bondage. Not only that, but they were very lewd. They, they were so involved in worldly things, meaning that, that it was nothing for Nicolaitan to go to their congregation that uh, uh, Sunday after being in a bar Saturday, if that makes sense in our terms. He said, but you have kept away from that. Can I say this? How's, how are you doing? How are you living? If you think you can coexist with this world, you're learning more and more every day that we're going to have to take a stand. We can't serve God and mammon. We've got to live for Him. 
So let me ask you this, how you doing in that aspect? But here's the beautiful thing. He says, let him that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. So that's you. If you got an ear, he's wanting you to hear this. To him that overcometh, I will give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. You know, I think sometimes our life's like a gas tank. We can do things. I can go out here and take my Suburban and, uh, and hot rod it, and I can be out of gas in just a little while. I can drive it cautiously and make it last a little longer. But eventually it's going to run out. Does that make sense? Today, you can do things to shorten your life, lengthen it, whatever, but we're, we sell, the nation sells billions of dollars of, of, uh, of uh, vitamins, minerals, things that will make you live longer. But eventually you, you're going to run out. But here's the thing. To him that overcometh, to him that turns their life to Jesus, to them that remembers their first love, to them that forsakes the world and all the ungodliness in it and turns their life completely over to him. He has promised you, you want eternal life? Oh, he'll give it to you. He said they'll eat from the tree of life and you'll live in his presence forever and ever. Amen? The longer I live and the more I see, I want him more and more. As a young man, I didn't get it as well as I do now, and maybe I don't get it as well as I need to. But I want to be in the presence of the Almighty where everything's right, where everything's beautiful. So what is it going to be like? He, can't, he said, you're not able to contain the knowledge. So your body can't absorb what I have in store for you, but I'll give you a hint or two. So the, what you precious here is what I build out of up there. He says, I'll be the light. And he says, that I'll be among you. Ain't that wonderful? How's your heart? Is it right with the Lord? Well, Seth, I'm going to turn it over to you and let you dismiss how the Lord has laid on, on your heart. This is your pastor. By the way, you got a good pastor. Good man that loves the Lord and loves you. Would you be obedient to the Holy Spirit of God this morning as he speaks to your heart?